This is Mike Kitko, and I'm a small business owner just like you. I'll never be a hustle whore or grind guru, but I do believe in having it all, health, wealth, and a life full of love. Struggle is not the goal, and sacrifice is not glamorous. I like the path of least resistance. It just takes a shift in mindset and the beliefs you hold. Do you believe that you need to sacrifice now to have what you want later? Or do you believe that you can have it all, all the time? Because your beliefs create your outcomes. I choose to feel wealthy, successful, and happy every day, and you get to choose for yourself. Welcome to Lead, Love, Profit, Play, where small business owners learn and choose to have it all and choose to create success without the stress. You know, I can look back over over the, you know, my life, the course of my life, the history of my life, 50 years at this point. I just turned 50 in in August. I can look back over the body of work so far and I can see some common threads. I there have been times in in my career, there have been times in my life, there have been times in my uh in in my I guess my goals, my achievement, my attainment, there have been times where I've absolutely dominated and there have been times where I've absolutely fallen flat. And I can look at all of the ones where I dominated and see common threads and all the ones that I, I fell flat and I can see common threads. And it's important that, that you look at, take a look at your life and start to piece this stuff together, right? Especially if, if you're not where you want to be and you know, you have more in the tank and you, you know, you, there's, there's more ambition in your, and, and drive than you're demonstrating in, in, in your life and in your business in the world. You know, you got to start this. You don't have to. <laughs> Let me take that back. You don't have to, but start to see the, the common threads and the common ties and how your behaviors create, you know, create or destroy your choices and, and just, just understand, you know, your life up to this point. Really, really contemplate. Get, crack open a journal, crack open, you know, ah, crack open a journal, crack, crack open a, uh, I don't know, a piece of paper or a whiteboard and just start writing about what, what's happened in your life. And, and I journal, I really expose my soul in my journal or I'm really getting radically honest with myself and what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling. And it really helps get some clarity. But when you, when you do this, when you see the common threads, you'll, everything will start to make a lot more sense to you. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, uh, I'm going to tell you what I've witnessed or what I've seen in my life. Right. I'm going to tell you a couple of stories. First story is, uh, I'm a Marine veteran. So in, I served, I'm a non-combat Marine veteran. So no stolen valor here. Uh, I served from 1992 to 1997, right between the two Gulf Wars. And I was a really, really good Marine, outstanding Marine, actually. So if you look at my, my record books, if you look at, uh, my awards, if you look at, you know, the things that I did in five years, uh, pretty, had a pretty, pretty good, pretty good run. I, I, I was a, a, a Marine sergeant and, uh, you know, I, there were, there were people in that I was, I was, uh, stationed with and that I was serving with that had been in six years that weren't at, at my level of, uh, of service. And then I was, I was a sergeant in three years, a little over three, maybe three and a half years. And there's some people that were, that were in six years that, that hadn't quite even, you know, touch touch that 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 level of of a uh, of rank of leadership of authority so uh, i i was on the accelerated track and in a lot of cases in in my life i i've been on the accelerated track over and over and over in in corporate as well but 
when I was in the Marine Corps, when I joined, I like woke up on a Monday and I, I decided to, to join the Marine Corps after, you know, never having thought about joining the Marine Corps. I joined um, or I decided on Monday I was going to join the Marine Corps. I went and talked to a recruiter and it's like on Friday I was I was filling out paperwork. It was it was pretty fast. Once I once I decide to do something, I go all in. Typically, typically uh, I'm not I'm not a slow guy, but when I joined the Marine Corps, it was like I was joining and I was convinced I was going to be a lifer. I was going to stay in and I was going to retire uh, a Marine and I was going to like I was going to just go for it all and see how see how much, you know, how far I could take this Marine Corps thing. But when I went through school and I got dropped, it's called the Fleet Marine Force. It's where it's where you're you're active, you're on active duty and you are. Uh, you are deployable. You are trained and you are deployable. And this is when you can be sent to a combat zone. And I was, when I was in the fleet marine force, I was stationed in my, my first duty station in, in the force was, uh, in Okinawa, Japan. And I joined my, my, uh, I joined my shop and I was an electronics technician. So every marine is a rifleman first and foremost. But you, every Marine also has a job, a, a, a military occupational specialty, MOS. And, and I had a, my job was an electronics technician. And, and if you were to go to combat, you had a rifle over your shoulders, but you're, you're working on electronic test equipment that's keeping the helicopters and keeping the, the planes in the sky. So that was my, my job, my, my, my MOS, my military occupational specialty. So when I, when I checked into my shop, uh, I told I told anyone who would listen that I wanted there were meritorious promotion boards. It's where you went in front of a group of Marines and they drilled you and they tested your knowledge and they inspected you and they really looked at your physical fitness scores and they 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 dove deep to see if you were uh, if you were kind of above your peers if you were if you were at a level above your peers and and if you were. Um, I guess if, if you were, if you qualified for promotion at that point, right? Meritoriously, not, not waiting around for advancement, like going and getting it. So anyway, I, I told, I told my shop leads that I, that I was, you know, I wanted to go on meritorious promotion board. And the very first one that came up, I studied my ass off and I, I worked and I worked hard and I, I, I pressed my uniforms and I got my uniforms really, really polished and, and in, in good shape. And my, my knowledge was on point and my, you know, I was drilling myself and I really, really went hard and, and, and heavy on preparing for this meritorious promotion board. And there were about four of us that went for my shop. Uh, so there's levels, you know, your shop, your division, squadron, group, right? And you get promoted at group. So I went to my shop meritorious promotion board and out of four Marines, I finished fourth. So out of four Marines, I finished fourth and that wasn't a very good showing, but my, uh, his name, his name at the time was Gunnery Sergeant, uh, George Foster. Gunny Foster looked at me and said, and, and I, I loved I loved Gunny Foster. He was, a, he was an awesome human being, and I lost contact with him. Gunny, top because he got promoted. Top, if you're listening to this, if you if you ever ever if anyone knows uh, Master Sergeant George Foster, United States Marine Corps, he retired some time ago. Anybody knows that I'd love to get in touch with him. But anyway, so uh, Gunny at the time looked me in the eyes and said, "You just weren't ready. You will be next time." But you just weren't ready this time. This this time you were just you were too green. And but I guarantee you, next time you'll be ready. Now we had 
promotion boards every three months. And I went, I went up for the next promotion board and Gunny looked at me and said, are you ready? And I said, I, I am, I am Gunny. So I went up for my, my meritorious promotion board. Now, when, when Gunny said you will be next time, he saw something in me that I didn't see, but I worked my ass off in those three months to really, really like polish myself and fine tune myself and really get in shape and my physical fitness score and all this, all the goodness. And I worked my ass off really, really hard work and <laughs> not a like hard worker. I don't espouse hard work, but it was fun because I was motivated and it was fun. I wasn't, it wasn't suffering. It wasn't struggle. It was, it was good, hard, inspirational work. And I love that. It was fun. You know, when you work hard, but it's fun. It's not really work, right? Anyway, I went up for my promotion board and I came in one of one in my shop or one of four. I finished for, I finished first and I, uh, I, I, I went to the next level, which was our division, our, the avionics division. And when I went to avionics division, I finished one, finished first again. And when I, once I won that board, I went to squadron and from squadron, they were sending three Marines to group. They we're sending three of us. And I finished second at squadron. And there was, his name was Lance Corporal Reaver at the time. And he, uh, we, we kind of like bantered back and forth because we were in the same squadron and, and, you know, we were poking at each other and he's like, gotcha. You know, <laughs> you thought you were a badass, but I gotcha. And, I finished second. And so, but me and Reeve, we, we both went to group and, and there was another Marine with us. We, we, we all three went to group and there were about nine or 10 Marines at group going through this meritorious promotion board. And there were four spots, four of the 10, I'd say, I, I believe it was 10, four of the 10 of us were going, going to get promoted. And it was a, a group of a panel of about six, like sergeants major, like E9, highly, highly enlisted or high, highly ranked enlisted personnel. And we went in front of the, the promotion board and you're in there for about 15, 20 minutes and they drill you and they test you and they inspect you and they, you know, they just get to know you. And, and then they're going to look at the 10 and see who is like the four out of the 10 that are most ready to be pr promoted, right? They don't have to promote four, but. If there are four promotable Marines, four are going to get promoted. So, uh, I finished up the board, left the room. There were, we're all collected and, you know, we're all just stewing about outside of, of the, the room. And after the, the 10th Marine was, was, uh, interviewed and, and was, you know, was drilled, was tested and he had his board. Uh, we, uh, we were all marched back inside and in the room. He said, guys, you're, you're all Marines. You're, you were all like awesome. You wouldn't have gotten to this point if you weren't promotable. You wouldn't have gotten to this point if, if you didn't, uh, if you didn't deserve to be here and you didn't belong and, and you, you all did an awesome job. We're going to promote four Marines and not in this order. Here's the four that are going to get promoted. And he said a name and he said a name and he said a name. And then he said, Lance Corporal Kitko and. And I heard that name and it was unbelievable. It was, it was exciting, but it was like surreal because at this point there were Marines in my, in my shop that were, had been in five years and they were still a Lance Corporal, right? 
they were still at the rank that I was at right now and I'm getting ready to get promoted. I've only been in three and a half years, but anyway, so getting ready to get promoted. And that was the moment that I knew that I was going to be a corporal, a non-commissioned officer in the United States Marine Corps. And it was a big, big move. It's a lot that comes with being a non-commissioned officer in the United States Marine Corps. A lot of authority, leadership, a lot of responsibility. And it was awesome. I was ready for it. And I was excited for it. I was hungry for it. So we left the room and Sergeant Major Dangerfield. Sergeant Major Dangerfield was our squadron Sergeant Major. So the level that I came from before I went to group. Before we went to group, he came out and he looked at the three Marines that were his, the three of us that had got promoted from squadron to group or uh, moved on from squadron to group. And he said he was so proud because all three of us were in the four. All three of us were getting promoted. And he looked at us and he said, you guys all made me proud and I'm excited I'm excited and I'm proud, and I couldn't be prouder of you guys. And he said, I'm going to tell you the order you finished in. Kitco, one, Reaver, two, and the other Marine, four. And, and that's when, like, at that moment, all of that effort, all of the work, all of the study, all of the action, all of the excitement, all of the energy, all of the runs, all of the sit-ups, all of the pull-ups, all of the inspections, all of the – while everybody was out partying and I was studying, it all paid off at that moment. And I was going to be promoted and I was going to be a corporal in the United States Marine Corps. And that was a big, big friggin' deal. Late, years later, me and me and Reaver still like poked at each other about – you know, him saying, I, I got you a squadron and me saying, yeah, but I took number one when it really mattered. So we beat, beat each other up a little bit and, and poke some fun at each other. So my lesson, as I, as I really look back at that, there was no doubt in my mind going through that process. There was not a shred of doubt in my mind that I would be promoted. There was this inner knowing. There was this internal confidence. There was this, it's like it was already awarded to me. There was an inner confidence. There was a, there was just such a freaking trust. I just knew with every cell in my being that it was a done deal. It wasn't overconfidence. It was just, I was prepared and I was ready. And the opportunity when it presented itself, it was mine. And I knew it and it wasn't cockiness and it wasn't overconfidence and it wasn't arrogance. It was just a deep internal knowing. I believed that I was going to crush that meritorious promotion board. And I did. It wasn't false confidence. It wasn't false bravado. It was preparedness and it was belief in myself and belief that I was prepared as well as or more prepared than anybody else on that promotion board. And I got promoted. It's a very, very, uh, very proud moment. Now on the flip side, there have been times in my career, there have been times in my coaching career, let's say not my, not just my executive level career, but there have been times in my coaching career when I doubted myself and I, I didn't trust myself. And I wrote a book called The Imposter in Charge. And, and I, I, 
I held such deep inadequacy and insignificance and, and insecurity. I held such freaking like lack of trust, lack of confidence. I, I didn't believe in myself. I didn't believe that I was talented. I didn't believe that I could achieve what, what I was setting out to achieve. And I fell flat on my face in those situations. I got fired twice in corporate within 20 months. When I knew in my positions, when I knew that I was prepared for it, when I knew I was talented, when I knew in a, at the bottom of my, in the, in my heart and with every cell in my fiber, when I knew I was talented and I trusted that talent, I got promoted and I crushed it. But in those positions, in those two positions, I doubted myself. I didn't believe in myself. I didn't trust myself. And I got fired. When I look back at my history, when I look back at, at, at what I've accomplished and, and where I've fallen short, the, the common thread is when I have succeeded, I have believed in myself. And when I, when I fell short, I didn't believe in myself. Our belief, your belief, whatever you believe is true for you. Now, hear that I didn't say whatever, whatever you believe is true for others. It's not. Whatever you believe is true for you. Your beliefs, I know it sounds mystical and I knew it, I know it sounds woo woo. Maybe, maybe this is the, this is, you know, we're, I think we're on episode 71. In, in 70, maybe you've listened to the other 70 episodes and, and, and maybe, maybe you've heard this before, but you really didn't anchor to it. Maybe you didn't understand it. Maybe you didn't, you didn't see the infinite truth in, in what I'm getting ready to share with you, what I have, what I'm sharing with you. And I hope if there's only one lesson you take away from any of these podcasts, these episodes and anything that I've ever taught you or can teach you or will teach you going forward, if there's anything, have it be this, your beliefs become true for you. Your beliefs become your reality. Whatever you believe is true for you. Whatever you believe comes true. And Belief is not just what you know, it's what you feel. Belief is in the body, not just the mind. Your cells, your DNA, your genetics, every fiber of your being believes what you believe, what you really believe. They're in your unconscious thoughts. They're in your subconscious thoughts. You'll see what you believe in your worries, doubts, and fears. Your, your beliefs are hidden in your worries, doubts, and fears. Your beliefs are, are contained and they're, they're on display in your involuntary thoughts. What you believe is becoming your reality, has become your reality, will become your reality. When you believe in yourself, you will dominate. When you don't believe in yourself, you will fall short. What you believe, you make true. I've, on other podcast episodes, I've talked about when you believe that making money is hard, it is hard for you. 
for you. Not for me, not for other people, but for you. Because you're making that true for you. When you believe that you have to work hard to make money and do things that you hate, do things that you don't enjoy. When you, when you believe you have to hate your life in any way, shape, or form, or do what you don't love, it, when you, if you believe that, it is true for you. It might not be true for other people, but it's true for you. If you believe that relationships are hard and marriage is hard, it, that's true for you. It might not be true for other people, but it is true for you. If you believe that making money is easy, it is for you. If you believe that health can come easily, it is for you. It will for you. If you believe that you can live like a life that you love every second of it and you just fall head over, you can fall head over heels in love with life. If you believe that it is true for you, it becomes true for you. It will become true for you. It has become true for you. It's truth for you. Please look no farther. Look no farther for, for intellectual knowledge, wisdom outside of your beliefs create your reality. When you change your beliefs, you will change your reality. When you change your beliefs, your circumstances involving those beliefs will shift. When I when I doubted and questioned myself, fell short. When I believed and, and I was confident in myself, I crushed it. If I would have given up after that first board, the second board, I wouldn't have crushed it. But I didn't give up on myself. I didn't give up the knowing that I had inside that I would be meritoriously promoted. I knew, even when, even when I went to the first board, I knew I was going to get meritorious, meritoriously promoted. Even when I went to the first one and finished number four, I knew I was going to get meritoriously promoted. It might not have happened in that one, but I knew it was going to happen. If I would have given up, it wouldn't have happened. And I would have you consider that if you give up before you achieve, you're just proving yourself right. You're proving the disbelief right. That's all you're doing. But when you, when you have a goal in mind, when you have a, when you have a knowing that an outcome is certain for you, it doesn't matter if you fall short 99 times because the hundredth time you will crush it because it's already done. You just, you just need to stay consistent and stay in motion and stay in action, and stay in an inspirational state until the evidence appears that you know inside. Your beliefs create your outcomes. Change your beliefs, change your outcomes. Common thread. When I've fallen short, it's because I didn't believe in myself. I didn't believe that what I wanted was possible. And when I've crushed it, when I've succeeded, even starting this coaching business, I just knew I went from never starting a business to double six figures in my first full year in business by myself, no overhead, no website, no no nothing to support me, just me and my voice. Double six figures, first full year in business, 2017. 
when 2018, 2017 was a partial year. When, when I believe and I remain committed, it's, it's certain. It's not in question. But whenever I, whenever I doubt, then that's when I'm likely to give up. And that's when I just prove that my disbelief correct. How is this showing up for you? Can you look back at your life and see where, where you've succeeded and, and when, when you believed in yourself and when you've fallen short, you didn't take a look and inspect your life because by really understanding the, the common threads, a lot more will make sense. Believe in yourself. It's the greatest act of love that you can give yourself at any moment in time. Hey, thanks for listening. For more free content, a list of upcoming events, or our life-changing offerings, visit our website at www.innerwealthglobal.com.